This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance, we help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206-842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 206- Four five one four two two zero. I'm Maria Metzler, the Executive Director of Helpline House. The global pandemic has affected us all differently. If you or your neighbors need food assistance, mental health counseling, rental assistance, or parks and rec vouchers, please reach out. Helpline House can help in many ways. Find us on the web at helplinehouse.org. It's what we do. Neighbor helping neighbor. Additional support comes from Sound Reaper Graphics at soundrepro.com. Their phone number is 206-780-9678. Go to them for all your printing needs. Support also comes from Island Hoops Basketball and More. You can catch them on Facebook, soccergoalshelter.com. Soccer Goal Shelter's new product, the Slim Shade, is the most efficient and economical sports team shelter on the market today. It is lightweight, compact, and assembles with ease by one person in less than two minutes. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. Podcastville, you found the Bystander Podcast. Today, my guests are Miles Bell, son of Leroy Bell, and my son Vincenzo Self here. How you guys doing? Good. Really good. Miles, it's good to have you back and uh, get to meet you and talk to you a little bit. Um, you just graduated from Seattle U. Congratulations on that. Leroy, Thanks. congratulations on your best achievement ever, getting your son through college. Pretty impressive. It was rough. I had to, you know, I had to teach him everything that he knows, which is a big lie because I know nothing, basically. Well, Vinny, um, you know, with the coronavirus, school got cut short, and um, oh, yeah. for you as well, Miles. Um, but lending support through the tech world 
and through the school system, I found seventh grade to be very hard. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a whole nother way of learning. And Miles, you got a great education at Seattle U and Vinny's getting some top-notch education now. School system's really evolved and you know, I'm, I'm proud to have my son living in an educational system like this. Uh, Miles, tell me the secret how you got through college. Um, I guess just, just it sounds corny, but I guess don't give up because no matter what, everybody's, um, you, you can always figure out a way and you always get through it and you always get through the assignment, even if it sounds hard or the test or whatever. And at the end of the day, you'll make it, you'll graduate. Same with high school. So, where'd you go to high school? Don't give up. I went to high school at uh, Edmonds Woodway, which is in Edmonds up north. Um, yeah, about 25 minutes north of Seattle. So, is that a 3A or a 4A school? I couldn't even tell you. I want to say 4A or 3. I don't know. It's got like maybe 2,000 kids, mm. close to 2,000 kids. So, find your high school experience to be good. Yeah, it was really good. Well, I went to that school for uh, IB originally, so like a different set of classes, I guess, than normal. Um, but aside from that, the school was really good, and it was a positive experience. Learned a lot, obviously, like as a person and academic, hard skill-wise. So, yeah, it was a good experience. You got to do some internships while you were in college? Yeah, actually, I'm working or well, I'm interning right now for T-Mobile. Um, I do like data, business analytics type of stuff, back end stuff, uh, working on their website right now for um, community and support websites. Anyway, I last summer I interned for Boeing and the one before that I interned for uh, Pemco Insurance, if you know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So internships, I would say, are a pretty important ex experience. So Leroy, you got somebody to lean on right there. Make yeah, sure. you know, he's really um, been a lifesaver as far as all the, you know, Instagram, the Facebook stuff. I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm a product of the old generation. You know, we didn't do any of this stuff. Whereas as people like Miles grew up in it when it was developing. And then, of course, your son, he's going to, you know, he's growing up right in the middle of that. So that, that's going to be natural for them, for, for us um, people that are older, it is it's like trying to learn a brand new language you know that we don't um that we don't know you know and it's uh, a lot of us tend to um dismiss it and uh that's uh, that's the wrong attitude I and mean, we've got to come we'll never be great at it i don't know but uh, we've got to realize that it's a part of the world going forward and and we have to be a part of it if we want to stay somewhat current and miles when you picked uh, data analytics. Um, you probably had to do some statistics classes. Um, were you thinking that data kind of is the wave wave of the future? Because it seems to be data mining is is all over the place, and people's email lists and data information is very highly sought after. That give you consideration why you took that path? Yeah, for sure. I was originally actually my major originally was finance. And I got a little bit annoyed with finance because uh, at least the major itself, it didn't really teach me any new hard skills that um, I was missing out on. And the subject matter was a little bit boring, to be honest. So I switched it to be my minor, and then um, I made the 
business analytics as my major, but definitely also seeing how things are going in the world right now and seeing, I guess, the next steps for technology in our era, it seemed like an important thing to get to know. And I want to challenge myself too, because I'm not, I'm naturally not too good at math. So it takes me longer to get those concepts. Um, but I challenged myself and it worked out. So, but you're right. I would definitely say that today's climate was um, an indicator to me of why it's important to look at that stuff. So. Yeah, listen, you're really close to uh, Chaz and Chop there, the Capitol yeah. Liberal protests. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your viewpoints about what it's like living around there right now? Yeah, I actually went and visited a uh, couple times when it first got, when it was still um, Chaz yeah. at first. I don't remember, maybe three weeks ago now. And I think it was like a really important um, community move to be able to have uh, an area where people can, I guess, voice opinions, um, hang out and have like open dialogue and discussion without feeling threatened or anything like that. And um, it definitely gave the podium over to a lot of like local people who were able to express important viewpoints. I don't know if you saw, it was trending on like social media, but they were having a, like a, um, like looping on a big projector, the thir 13th, I think, or something like that. I think that's what it is. It's about like the, um, privatized prison complex and like systematic racism and how it plays a big role in locking people up, I guess. And they were showing that for free there so people could go and like watch it. Maybe that didn't have access to that type of thing. So I do think it's really important um, to have something like that. I know there's some bad stuff. That I haven't read into it, but that happened recently there. But aside from that, I think it's important, yeah. Leroy, same question. How do you view what's going down at CHOP? Well, I noticed that it has gone through some changes, but I, originally I thought it was it was kind of cool because um, it was uh, letting people, you know, express their different opinions and without the uh, the police hovering over everybody. A lot of times, you know, even if police are well-meaning, just the sight of police will endanger or, or put people's backs up thinking right away, you know, this is automatically a, a hostile um uh, a situation whereas when they're not around people tend to relax a little bit more at least i know that in in a lot of the uh communities of color you know when they say policemen they don't have a real good track record yeah. and so right away they're going to be they see it as a confrontation and sometimes it you know it becomes a, a self-fulfilling prophecy you know one little wrong word here one little thing and then things escalate and so Originally, I thought, this is kind of cool, you know, it's a free thing. But, you know, whenever you get that many people together, even if it's uh, an expression of freedom and free speech or whatever, you're always going to have somebody that's going to try to take advantage or an instigator or what have you. And it didn't surprise me that something bad was going to come out of it, meaning the bad might be a tiny little bit as a whole is a great thing, but people tend to... Um, to uh, uh, focus on the on the the negative, right. a lot of times. So it just did, to me personally, it didn't seem like there was an end game for the, the protesters or the city. It just kept going on and on and on, and it seemed sure. to lose a bit of meaning here towards the, the end. And yesterday, you know, they came in full force and, and cleaned that all up. But mm -hmm. you know, what ha what happens today? going forward is, is a big question in my mind. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. There's no doubt, there's no doubt in my mind that, that um, 
the whole uh, uh, the concept of policing and all that needs to be re-examined and, um, and not just in Seattle, but all over the country. And uh, it's just too much. I've just seen some graphs lately that just shows the amount of money that's put into policing as opposed to healthcare, as opposed to all these other things that it's, it's just unbelievable. It's crazy. We're, we're, we're just spending money, throwing money into uh, creating confrontations when, you know, when you take care of people, you have less confrontation. We don't need that. Right. And so yeah. I think if we can address that, we can, um, we can make the country a lot better, a lot safer for everybody. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of money on the military as well. Exactly. Well, it's the same concept. You right. know what I mean? And, you know, do we, do we stress the health insurance or do we stress, you know, people eating right, getting exercise and having a, having a good lifestyle or are we feeding them all? I think, it's all I think it's all related. I think it's, it's, it's everything. It's, it's, it's healthcare. It's um, being able to be healthy changes your attitude, obviously. When you have food and when you can get health care and when you have housing and, and you're not on the street, all of that makes things completely different. You're not hanging out. You're not doing things. When you lose hope, when you don't have food, when you don't have housing, when you feel like everybody's against you, of course you're going to act out. And then right there, you've got all the police right there to help you act out a little bit more. You know, it, it becomes a, uh, it's a vicious cycle. And we can break that cycle. Yeah, I think we need to include love in there too. Yes, most definitely. All right, Miles. Um, what's next? You've graduated college. Do you have a yes. sense of urgency, or is it time to take a vacation now? Well, I feel like it's time to take a vacation for sure. Uh, it's kind of hard, obviously, right now. I'm working, and then travel is uh, with everything going on. But my friends and I, we want to do for sure like a vacation soon. Um, if possible, maybe like holiday time uh, for 2020. But I guess just now is around the time that we normally would do like that kind of thing. But obviously, given the situation, it's hard to travel and you don't want to expose yourself to some unnecessary um, danger. So. Oh, hey. All right. All right. Here we go. Right on. Okay. Can you guys see me okay now? Okay. Hey, Timothy, how are you? Very well. Remember my son, Vincenzo? Vincenzo, how are you? Yeah, he's gotten kind of big now. How, how old are you now? Uh, 13. Okay, yeah, it's been a few years, hasn't it? Yeah. Right on. Miles, you remember 13? <laughs> I can't say I do. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah, don't know. I mean, that's like, what, eighth grade or something? Yep, going into eighth grade next season. Yeah, yeah I don't remember well, I remember him being uh, 13. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he's been doing great. I'm, I'm really proud of him because of uh, all this uh, technologies, like cra- crash course he's been having to go through, you know? Yeah. So it's been like zero to 60. I mean, we were always kind of doing Instagram and Facebook and that kind of thing. But recently with, you know, trying to make some money doing live shows on Instagram, it's definitely been, uh, he's been learning a lot and it's been going good, so. Yeah, uh, Instagram Live, 7 o'clock Friday night, right? Yes, sir. And are you the man behind the camera? Yeah, I just, yeah. He has it down mostly. Everything's good, good to go, but um, he doesn't get nervous, so I do help him out with the camera, and I'm there. Mon- I watch on my phone, 
so I could see the sound and stuff. So yeah, I watched them. It, it, it's uh, helped me get through a little quarantine time. There you go. Yeah. Voice in the background a few times. So it was nice to know that you were there supporting dad. Yeah, exactly. You got any questions for a college kid? Oh, yeah. Which was tougher, uh, high school or college? For sure, high school. Because when you're in high school, you don't necessarily, at least me, I didn't have a lot of like the skills that you need to be. Um, there are some skills like work ethic and organization. Once you get those down, you can literally do anything, and it and it's it might be hard, but you'll always be able to finish and come out on top. So, those are important skills to develop. But obviously, I didn't have those going into high school, so that's why it was hard juggling all that. So that once I got to college, I had it down. It's like a science: how to complete classes, how to do well, how to learn. You know, and you'll develop that for yourself. There's no real formula. You just gotta, you'll, yeah, you'll figure it out. What do you remember about thirteen, Leroy? Well, you mean my 13, myself yeah. is 13? You know, when I was 13, I wasn't as, as smart as my son is. I, all I, I had eyes and ears only for music. And I, um, I was in Germany at the time and I, I was starting my, I was in my first band then. Um, and I had a, one drum and a pair of sticks. And uh, that was it. And I was, uh, my dad was, um, in the service, and so that's why we were stationed there. Yeah, I remember. So, um, yeah, that's all I basically remember about that time. Well, ha happy belated Father's Day for sure. Did Thank you. Back at you. Back at you. How's it feel? I'm working on it. I mean, I think I really think he's a better man than me. You know, he's he's starting out strong. Good. Good. He, I don't know if he knows how much I love him, but <laughs> of course he does. He's my boy. <laughs> you got any questions for him, Leroy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a question I came up with. Um, okay. Did you like all throughout life till like this moment? Mm -hmm. Was there anything else you wanted to do besides music? Was there like another like hobby, fashion, or something like that? that you That's a good to question. There's a very simple answer: no. <laughs> I didn't. You know, since I, like I said, so since I was about 13 or so, that was it for me. I kind of had, uh, I didn't really know that I was going to make a living doing this, but I knew that that was basically the only thing that really interested me at the time. And I, I couldn't really uh, wrap my mind around anything else. And I, I think that's I kind of going forward. I, I did uh, whatever I needed to do with that. Um, in the back of my mind that that's what I wanted to do. Miles, did your dad force a guitar on you as a kid or violin lessons or piano or anything like that? Yeah, piano. I look yeah. at you said no. <laughs> yeah, piano was a forced thing. A lot of my other friends though growing up had some instrument like whether it was piano or violin that their parents made them do. Um, but yeah, it was piano for me, but and then also I was in a concert and then jazz band all throughout uh, high school, and I played the trombone. All right. And you're a slider, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had a pretty tough uh, – high school there for a while was pretty tough because um, I didn't really realize how tough I, we were making it on him because he was doing jazz band, and he had to get up at, like, 
five something in the morning because the jazz band curriculum was zero hour. He had to do that before class. And so, you know, then with his homework and then practice afterwards with jazz, and then he'd get home and he'd be up sometimes till 11 o'clock doing homework. Yeah, school's hard. Yeah, so high school was a lot harder, like he said, was a lot harder on him than college was. But after, like he said, he, um, he got those skills down. And then uh, college was, not that it's easy, but in a lot of ways it was a little easier than high school. Also, it's ridiculous to me that you, in high school, you have to go to school for like six and a half, seven hours a day. I don't know. There's in middle school too. It's it's a little bit, that's too long. And also you have that many classes back to back, like every day so that you don't have like a break in between to do homework, other stuff. It's a little much, but so that was also hard. What's your viewpoint on homework? Um, I think, I think it's important obviously to practice, to do stuff, but there's also a lot of teachers that will probably give you busy work, you know, and stuff just to, just to give it to you. So that's not helpful, I don't think. But the real homework that makes you learn, that definitely is helpful. Right. You got another question? Uh, yeah, I got one more, but I feel like it kind of, from what, but basically this is like for, uh, two questions. And you basically already answered the first one, but I'm just going to say it anyways, because possibly you might have a different answer. I said, what got you into music in the first place? It's like, like, and also, like, I just came up with one. When did you start really enjoying music? And when did you, like, start? This one's meant for me? Yeah, it's for How did I get in music? Well, I, did you mean how did I get into music playing it, or? Like, what, when did you want to start music? When did you know you wanted to be a musician? Well, that's a good I always enjoyed playing music, but when I probably when I when I was in uh when I was in high school, I probably realized that that's really what I wanted to do. And then outside of high school for sure. Um but in high school. And uh, you know, I had a my dad and I butted heads with that because my dad didn't think that I should be. Um he always thought that uh music should just be a hobby. And I should concentrate more on schooling, and 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 he was, he was probably right. But you know, I just I couldn't do it. I was just so um, into the music that I just let my grades kind of slide and just focused on on music. And I've been lucky that I've been able to make a living doing it. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say that was the right way to do it. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of different uh, schools of thought about that. Either you go all the way or you don't, some people say. And then some people say get an education and have that as a backup. So it, there's two different schools of thought about that. Um, definitely having an education helps. Um, you have something to fall back on. But sometimes when you have that, you don't push yourself as hard in the other direction because you do you know you have that to back up on. Yeah, it's safe. So it's just kind of, you know, that's kind of a personal thing. You had questions about what it's like to be 13 nowadays? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you something. What is it like, though, to feel, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, when I was 13, there wasn't so much crap going on. I always feel like um, today's kids, and even when Miles was coming up, 
they have so many more things to worry about. Everything's right in your face all the time. When I was a kid, there was, we didn't have anything global. We read the newspaper every now and then. It was just, you didn't hear about this stuff 24 seven all the time on the internet, on whatever. We didn't know about that. We were able to be kids. You know, we went out, we played outside all the time. We didn't do all this stuff. And in that way, I kind of feel sorry for kids nowadays. They have to grow up much faster than we did because they know what's going on in, uh, you know, in Russia, what's going on down the street. They know what's going on here. They're bombarded with all these different ideas of, you know, uh, how the world's going to end, what's going, what's wrong, how we're going to fix this. All I mean, it's a lot to take in and a lot to deal with. I got a question for you. Um, what is it? Do you personally like stay in tune, I guess, with what's going on? Like, um, like, I guess, do you read the news? And if so, how, what outlets like do you use like in Instagram or are you looking at Twitter to get that kind of information? Well, I usually, like, it's part of school, like, teachers will base a lesson off, like, what was an article, like, for example, in language arts, the New York Times, we'd have, like, a piece of paper and something, and we'd have to, like, find a deeper meaning about what the article meant, so we'd have to, like, study, basically, the article, one of the articles that they put out every week, so it was pretty hard to, like, not see it, Yeah. but then, like, stuff that, like, at home on my own, like, i I'd see my newsfeed pop up and I'd check it occasionally and stuff when I'm scrolling through Instagram, like I, I could see that stuff, but sure. you definitely, you definitely know about it. It's not something you can just like not. Yeah. Know. Because there's so many other like media platforms where you, you, people just talk about it. So Yeah. And you yeah. know, the thing, the thing about told the, the, the news that we get is also we tend to live in our own bubbles because the news is, is, all tailored to our individual likes and what we've been shown to by all this data mining to 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 view to look at and so in a lot of ways you get a lot of information but you might not get different views unless you look go looking for them otherwise everything is just uh compounding what your beliefs are I know Miles. I get my news from TikTok. There you go. Yeah, news <laughs> everywhere now. I mean, like that's definitely a hot spot for news. Yeah. You got any TikTok dances, Miles? No, I don't. Pers- I do have the app. Uh, I, I admit, yeah, I do watch tic- TikTok sometimes, but no, me, I'm not a content creator really at all. <laughs> that's how Vinny started out was creating, and I thought that was a cool idea and platform. That's when I was like a lot of- for sure. Yeah, way back when he was 11. <laughs> it's, still good. it's still cool to do that stuff. But it's, now it's just scroll, 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 scroll and watch other yeah. people. Right. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's enjoyable to watch other people's stuff because it's like, yeah. what are they doing? Because you already know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. All day. And you don't think it's very interesting. So you don't want to make a video about it. So you want to see what other people are doing. So you just tend to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a little bit far out of my league, the TikTok thing. I mean, I've seen it, and it's kind of like, uh, and every now and then, I somebody shows me something, and I go, "Wow, that's that's interesting," because it's 
it, like any kind of platform, any kind of a, a new technology, you can be creative. And some people are really creative with with the every little new thing, you know. And you'll see something, you go, "Wow, that's that's cool, that's creative," you know. Yeah, I remember back. I think it was about 1983, and I was taking graphic art classes, and we physically would cut something out and physically paste it, and then yeah, try to print it, you know, on a roller printer. And now I have some apps that I can create some incredible digital art yeah. in, in minutes, and uh, I'm. It's very satisfying, you know. Yeah. It's really evolved. I was the first to me at math. It was animation. So mm -hmm. we learned of how people animate stuff. And we did like a little activity about how to animate. And we did like this short thingy. Yeah. Trying to figure out the density of an animation for his math class in seventh grade. I was just blown away. Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds crazy already. How do you? How do you this. I don't even know where to start. I can't help you. Mom! <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's crazy. Miles, thanks for hopping on with us. And uh, Vincenzo, thank you for hopping on. No uh, problem. Happy Father's Day. Belated. Uh, Miles, you got a hell of a dad. And uh, Thank you. I, I appreciate you bouncing on. Yeah, no problem. I'll hop off. That's cool. Stay, stay safe up there on the hill. All right, man, I will. Have a good one, guys. All right. Okay. Peace Talk out. to you later, Miles. Yeah. All right, Zoe. See you, man. Good to meet you. Stay strong, my friend. You too. Okay. Bye. Love you, Dad. Love you too, son. All right, all right. Smart kid. Yeah, he gets it from his mom. <laughs> That's what I always say. Just <laughs> his good looks, his athletic ability, yeah. <laughs> smarts, all from mom. Well, you got a bright young son yourself. Um, yeah, he gets it from his mom too. Yeah, I know. I think you saw Vinny about two years ago, but it was a short chat. Yeah, it was. I had to. Yeah, compete it's amazing how up. fast people grow up, and and uh, and it's always amazing to me is uh, you know when you talk. It's, it's nice talking to him because you realize how. How advanced these kids are at 13 I mean, and the stuff that they just talk about and, and you're like wow sure wow. yeah it blows me away and i'm just like i don't want to fail him on the daily oh as long as you love him and support him that's all we have to do really you know I, i'm the same way it's like when he got to about that age 13 14 years old miles i was pretty much done as far as helping him with a lot of work schoolwork yeah he had already passed me on a lot of that stuff, well, no, you know, because no. I'm older than you are, and a lot of the stuff they started learning it differently, and most of the stuff I'd forgotten. Right. So, you know, is it I could, to yeah, I could oversee some of it and tell him if he'd forgotten something or how about this or that, but he couldn't ask me any direct questions about math or or different things. I I just didn't know. Right. Well, uh, I'm impressed. You got, you got him through it. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. I know it's not always on topic of uh, selling music and stuff like that, but. Uh, yeah, no, it was fun. You're authentic, awesome dude, and I appreciate it. So, hey, um, G. Smith. Yeah. Bell, America. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it's been a, you know, it's been kind of a wild trip in the last year and a half because when we first got uh, 
invitation or inquiry on this, uh, my bass player, Terry, um, uh, Taylor um, Barton, which is uh, GE's wife. Yeah. She's also a producer and, and does some things out there. Um, Songwriter too, right? Yes, right. And she uh, contacted us about doing this uh, portraits show out there that they do. Um, you know, they'll have a guest out come out and then do a few songs and then G will sit in and do some songs and talk and do some songs and that kind of thing. And we thought, oh, that's cool. That's but at first, so, pardon? That's in Long Island? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of different venues out there they do. One of them is called the Talk House, Stephen Talk House, uh, named after this um, Native American guy that lived out there way back when. Um, and they, uh, and I was just kind of curious at the time, you know, but since it was on the other side of the country, I was going, well, where do they get, where do they come up with us? You know, I mean, how'd they hear about us? You know, and, and then she had, I guess, seen, heard me online, some of the stuff and, and mentioned me, me to uh, GE. And then, uh, and then uh, they said, yeah, let's have them come out and let's do this. And one thing led to another and boom. Oh, you're being too modest, man. <laughs> she tracked you online, fell in love with you, called her husband. You got to hear this guy play. He's like, all right, bring him out. And then, uh, yeah, well, we, you know, we fell in love it. with you too. Yeah, we hit it off. You know, it was kind of cool because, uh, you know, we're, GE was, I, I remember seeing him on TV on in the Saturday Night Live band, you know, because I watched uh, Saturday Night Live off and on through the 80s and 90s, you know. I guess he was family there for about 10 years. I didn't know that uh, at the time before that, that he was also on the road with Bob Dylan and, and Hall and & Oates for many years and, and all to the extent of what he had done. I didn't really know. I definitely um, remember the Hall & Oates years that he was playing the guitar. Oh, you did? Yeah, see, I didn't know that because I hadn't seen them live. Um, so, I, you know, I, went out, I was impressed, obviously. I got out. He has skills. Yeah, he's got some serious skills, and and super nice guy, real down to earth guy. You know, that's what impressed me. Right? Yeah, you know, I, I I always go by that because I've met plenty of famous people, but if I can't relate to them on a on just a people basis, I kind of like pull back. You know, I'm just kind of a regular guy. I don't want to have to deal with any crazy egos and stuff. I'm too old for that at this point. You know, I want to enjoy playing music and if I can enjoy playing with you and Gray and we can be on the same level, then that's way cool. I'm into it. But if we're going to do some weird ass shit, I don't want to be bothered with it. <laughs> you know, but, uh, eccentric, you know, yeah, the yeah. long hair and the smoking and, you know, yeah. kind of being that porch kid that grew up, you know, just playing guitars. Yeah. I'd, I had heard that he uh, learned to pick, finger pick, you know, between four and 11. Basically. Yeah, yeah, he started playing when he was like four or five years old, yeah. Yeah, I have a, a friend that does the political correspondence for the bystander, Joel Underwood, who's also an actor and musician, and uh -huh. that's one of his favorite guitarists. Oh. But I had to tell him, you know, you play a lot more, a lot more of the guitar on the track than he does in a lot of ways. Uh -huh. He's got that funky, uh, 1960s kind of bluesy guitar. Uh -huh. I guess my first question to you is, being a soul singer, what was that little pivot to more of a bluesy thing for you? Well, 
You know, I've always kind of fluctuated. You know, when I was growing up, I, I've played everything from rock and roll to blues to soul to mm-hmm. everything. And I've played, um, I've been in bands. I've, I've actually played in a country band one time. I played drums. Um, you know, I, I was a drummer for many years. And um, I, uh, so I played pretty much every kind of music. I never really played hardcore jazz or, or, um, or uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, polka music, but, uh, <laughs> but pretty much everything else I've played at some point and uh, enjoyed it, you know. So rock and roll wasn't really a, a far stretch for me or blues. And soul is, you know, soul and blues aren't that far apart. No. At all. And they're in you or they're not. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of fun, you know. So let's talk about a couple of the tracks on there. Um, okay. well, well, first of all, basically, Taylor, his wife, mm-hmm. enjoyed your your sound, your, your, your voice, mm-hmm. went out there, EG got this, or GE, <laughs> I don't ever want to say GE because it's General Electric. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that took me a while too. <laughs> GE um, said, let's just go to the studio and, and start laying some stuff down, right? Well, here's, here's what we, we went out, we went out there and just going to go rehearse with them about stuff. We were going to do that. We were going to do a show in August and we got out there like, this is like January of 19. Yeah, this is a year yeah. plus. You yeah. And uh, we got out there, met, you know, hung out a couple of days and started the next day. We just started sitting around and playing some songs. And I had just written um, America like maybe a month or so before that, a couple months before that. Hadn't even really played it for the band yet. So we hadn't rehearsed it or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just in the process of kind of doing some demos of it, trying to figure out how I wanted to approach it. And so I played it for GE and he liked it. Even Terry didn't know it yet. So, um, and right away I just started, uh, GE went, oh yeah, I like that. And then uh, we just started playing it. We played a few songs and then he has a friend that has a studio, you know, a couple of miles from his house in the basement. And he said, his friend of mine's got a studio over there. Let's go over there. And so two days later, here we were in the studio, we were cutting the track and it, it just came together. And I was just like, holy shit, you know, this is great. You know, this is really cool. And he came up with that real cool solo in there. And I was just like, you know, blown away, you know. And I thought, wow, I really like the way this thing has kind of come together. Because I hadn't quite envisioned it that way. Right. You know, I wrote the song just acoustically. So I didn't really know, like I said, I hadn't done the demo on it. So I didn't really know how I was going to treat it. Right. No. Um, And I really liked the way it turned out. And so we cut about two or three songs and we were all kind of really jazzed over it. And and Taylor was really jazzed over it and then sent it over to BMG and they were jazzed over it. And so kind of one thing led to another. Then you guys got the BMG contract and you started writing again and- Yeah, then we just kind of, uh, you know, um, Taylor and GE already knew we're friends with the BMG uh, East Coast uh, top guy, and he was a friend and a fan of theirs. And um, they told him about me. And then when he heard the stuff, he was jazzed and brought it to the rest of them. And then one thing led to another. And then we signed a deal. You haven't done an album for a long time, right? No, I haven't done an album. We did uh, the last 
I hadn't done an album with besides uh, a record company besides our own right. with um, in quite a few years. I mean, done um, all the records that I did with uh, Terry and his only friends. Well, we just produced them all ourselves, right? Because the last uh, major label deal I did that was in 1979 with uh, on A and M Records with Bell and James. Yeah. Do you, do you ever sing uh, Friday Night? Uh, I have. I did it a couple of times with Living with, It Up. Uh, Living It Up. Only Friends, yeah. Give me and, some uh, Give But me I haven't done it since. It's kind of funny because when G heard it, he went, oh my God, yeah, that song. Yeah, we had to work that up. <laughs> you know, but I probably will at some point. Sure. On the road again if we get back out. You, there. you still know it and how to play it? You got to. Uh, yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to listen to it again, but yeah, I pick it up again. But you know, I do that with all my songs because once I've written them, and if I don't play them for a while, I forget them. Yeah. So I have to go back and listen to them, and then it, then it comes right back to me. But it just takes me to review them. Well, I remember last podcast you're strumming along, and you're like, "And I forgot the goddamn words." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh that shit. Yeah, that stuff happens to me all the time. <laughs> you know, when you've written so many songs, you can't. You know, it's like I see some of these old timers. I played a gig with uh, uh, before he died, uh, um, uh, Leon Russell, and uh, down in Tacoma. And I was opening up for him. And when I saw after they'd set up, he had all these monitors and stuff, and there was all the lyrics coming up for all the songs. And I went, "Oh!" And then I thought, "Of course, the guy's written so many songs. How's he going to remember all this stuff?" You know, but he had the lyrics were coming up and the chord charts. Ah. So, you know, he probably knew most of it, but, you know, if he didn't, he could just look right over there and, you know, the audience couldn't see that. Comedians now looking at their phone to remember the jokes, too. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Hey, hold on a minute. Uh, no, that's not how it goes. It goes like this, right? There's a guy yeah. that's in a bar. No worries. Yeah. Too funny. Yeah, I, I recently took um, a couple online classes because of the uh -huh. Such and one of them was a comedy course on how to write jokes and something. Oh, I really? Did. That's interesting. Yeah, I just thought you know I'm big on trying to improve my communication with people. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. So I thought maybe if I could add, add humor because I think I have a little bit of wit. Yeah. You know, really set it up so I could speak fluent comedian. It'd be a good <laughs> but one of the things I learned in the class was, you know how there's always a stool and like a. Uh, water bottle, yeah. You need to walk around, and he'll go back and take a take a sip of his water. Sure. Well, on that coaster is his set list of jokes. So he'll, as he takes that drink, he'll look down at his yeah, set list right. and go, "Yeah, oh yeah, that joke." Of course. Well, that makes total sense um, because I mean, even me on stage, I've got the list down there, little reminders. But I've noticed that some guitar players, which I don't do. They'll have the whole set list right here on the on top the guitar, of the or the little cues. They'll just have it taped up right. there. And I've even known some people that have it, certain things written right here. Yeah, I can't the guitar, but I, got, I feel you. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know how that. Let's see. Maybe that's better. But anyway, they'll have it like here on their hand. But on the guitar, they'll have it right here. It'll be like a little. Uh, you know, just a little card kind of thing, a little piece of paper, and it has little things that they have to remember right there. So they're just looking down here and going, you know. <laughs> mm. 
so that you, works. You notice okay. some groups live too. Some good ones are people that don't have a lot of music. It's just boom, 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 boom. But the bands like REO Speedwagon Journey and stuff like that, those, those guys have been touring 20 years. They quit after each song, have a little conversation. They take their time. There's no rest. Yes. Because then you're collecting your thoughts and, and, and getting it all set up, right? Yeah. But there's also those groups that uh, played with the Doobie Brothers a couple times and, uh, and played a couple different venues with them. And then I realized it was the same show. And so that same show, because a lot of these acts, they'll have stuff that's on, on uh, digital or on tape. It used to be tape, but now it's probably digital. And so some of the sound effects, they're in time. And so that has to, to flow. Right. So you can't just stop and change up something like that. It's all flow. And sometimes down to the point of the same remarks in between the songs. That I didn't like. Because no, I just thought, I, I can't do that. I don't like everything to be the same all the time. I'm like, I like the fact that every night the song is slightly different. Mm -hmm. There may be something different. You know what I mean? I don't want it. It doesn't have to be like a record to me. I like the, I like the spontaneity of it a little bit and the creativity. Yeah, screw today's music. But back in the day, an album was a storybook. Exactly you would have the first song that led up to the 12th song and it was exactly story it was it feels. yeah i think that's kind of lost is that a fair statement no that's a fair statement for sure and uh because everything nowadays is is closer to it's just a single yeah and like each they can have no relationship to each other on the album and yeah you're right everything before that was a, it was a concept the whole thing now, that doesn't really matter because so many people don't even buy albums. A lot of the kids, they just buy, they look on the, you release the album. I mean, some do, but you release the album, they go to this song, I'll take that song off that album, and I'll take that song off that album, and that song off that one, and they compile their own. Right, Spotify playlists. And That's all they do. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's spending 10 bucks, and I think it's really ruined it as a profession for musicians. Oh, it, it changed it completely. It's so different from back in the old days. And, and it's, everything is condensed into two to four minutes of every hook and line that you can think of. Before, yeah. it, was, it was all the mood and all, you know, we could, you could have a song that just had the mood just kind of ramping up before the vocals even came in. Now, you better start that shit quick. Mm -hmm. And you better get it quick. You don't have the time. We live in a society and a day and age when the attention span is that short. That's why TikTok, I think, is so yeah right now. And that's, that's what it is. If you don't catch them within those first few seconds, you're done. Right. You're done. And it's, so it's forced songwriters like me and a lot of other people to rethink how we write songs. Because if we don't want to get left behind, we still want, we've got to go with the majority to a point. We've got to learn how to, to balance that. Yeah, but you got to be independent and authentic too. So. Exactly. It's, it's a tough road. So this, you, you mapped this out in, in January of last year. You know, um, this is looking good. You get the record deal, probably about to tour, put the album out. Big. South by Southwest, you know, festival 
that gets canceled, quarantine mm -hmm. comes, coronavirus. Just a big explosion right in the middle of all our plans. <laughs> this album is so dynamic to, and it speaks to today's times. Like people are gonna be blown away once they get their hands on this for sure. And pay full price people. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I was just wondering, how are you gonna, you and the record company, and how are you gonna operate in this digital space? was something that you know, needs to be heard right now badly it's it's really it's uh it's a learning process as we go you know i think this is like we're covering new ground right now everything is i mean things were learning to be digital but it was never like there was a cutoff point like you said all of a sudden the, the virus came all this stuff and we got just dropped you know it's like it was just like cut off no more touring at least for the next year or so. Films, no more TV shows, no no. No more TV shows, we can't go on live, can't do any of that. Everything is just online on Spotify or, or Instagram or Facebook and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a learning process as we go. And I just try to keep doing like my little shows and trying to keep, keep uh, uh, sending out all these posts and listen to this, listen to that, and just trying to keep above the fray until we can actually start to tour again. It's, it's, it's set everything back, definitely. Yeah, I was, I was going through some hard times with my mom and uh, it was nice to get a little fresh break from you and Miles setting up your little live thing. And it, it kind of started out really holistic and just, just kind of you doing your thing just to keep doing your thing. And yeah. You got to occupy your time in some fashion. And now the Instagram live feeds that you do, you know, those are a highlight of my week in a lot of ways. Thank you. Thank you. I don't get an opportunity to go see live music and I'm not going to be doing yoga in my house, watching Instagram yoga or you know, <laughs> any of that stuff. It's just, I miss the gym a lot. Yeah, me too. Me too. I miss the, the, the social aspect of it just the social aspect of being somewhere where other people are and working out and talking a little bit and just yeah i know it's that we forget how social animals that we are we're just like all of a sudden like you know and even when you're out and you're wearing your mask it's not the same you can't smile and go hey, hey it's me it's like you just kind of a, a lot a lot of people look better with a mask on <laughs> I guess it, I guess that's a silver lining. <laughs> it's also you know your relationship you know with with my wife. It's yeah. constant. You know it's twenty four seven now, and I better be on my best behavior all the time. And yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that discover that they're not compatible. During oh, totally. And a lot of people that have had to work on their relationships because of that. You know, you're forced to give the effort that yes, you are in on a daily basis because it's expected. You have to because you don't get that time away now. You don't get to like, can't just go to the other room. I mean, you can, but that's not the same as somebody taking off and getting that relief and talking to their coworkers for eight hours and then coming home, hi, honey, you know, because you're great to see them again because you've yeah. been out going. Now it's like all day long, you know. <laughs> yeah, you start critiquing yourself. How many times are you going to walk by those dirty dishes and not pick them up? <laughs> all that stuff, yeah. There's no stories to tell about your work day. Mm -mm. No, there doesn't seem to be any money coming. You know, there's no mm -hmm. stimulus check, and you know, both my businesses are sole proprietorships, so I don't have employees. So a lot of that PPE money I don't get, and no. I got one check, and that was it. 
Yeah, it's the same here. Yeah. I got, you know, love, shelter, and food, you know, water. Mm -hmm. Those are the yeah, that's, that's basically here, same thing here. It's like um, uh, all of a sudden I, I'm not playing any gigs, which is money. <laughs> Right. income. I'm lucky that I still have royalties coming in, so that's held me. And then the Mail, mailbox check money, right? Pardon? The royalties, the mailbox check money every once in a while? Yeah, it's, but you know, it's digital now, so I don't have to worry about the mailbox. It just goes into my account. But yeah, I mean, I still make money off of Friday night and, and uh, Elton John stuff and just the accumulation of all that. But it's not a lot of money, but it, it'll keep me from starving. Right. It's much different than today's royalties, right? Oh, yeah. See, you're smart, though. You make sure you get your songwriting credits all the time. Well, yeah, and I, and I did this way back when you actually could make a decent amount of money songwriting. It's way before Spotify and you were getting, you know, half pennies on all these streams and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you were making decent money. Now, they're trying to change some of those uh, laws, and hopefully they will, to where we, because music is free now, basically. Right. And uh, that was just a big hit for all those songwriters and all us people that are creating this music that you can just go here and download it for free. Hey, here it is, you know. And music's a passion. It's a story. It, and the good stuff yeah. holds up in time, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, well, speaking of that, let's just transfer into uh, Black is the Color. That is a song that has, you know, a hundred years worth of history yeah. deep in Scotland and the Appalachian Mountains and, you know, next to yourself, my second favorite artist, Nina Simone, sang yeah. what, early 60s or something? Yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago. That's the first version that I ever heard of that song. I just assumed that she Nina's? was. Nina? Yeah. I didn't ever knew that that was an old, old folk song. I just, you know, I saw a video of her doing it just a few years ago, in fact, and not that long ago. And I thought, wow, that's cool. It's, uh, it's heavy, you know. Black 
every time I hear her, her voice. Yes, yeah. And what's cool about this album that you guys did kind of takes me back to that time of de democracy, thinking, you know, what, what's the world got for us? What, what does it have for us in the future? I, I feel sad about this. Things aren't changing in the direction that I thought they would. What's the future gonna be? What's it take, you know? And that, that yeah. song, you brought a little bit more life to it, I thought. Thank you. Life, and it's it's kind of sad that all this is going down, and this this was something that you had uh, sang earlier, but it's so appropriate for today, mm -hmm. tomorrow, and the future. And um, I'm really impressed with that song, "Black Is the Color." Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good song. Yeah, I yeah, and that's kind of funny because that song being that old and the lyrics and that's what i was talking about the lyrics of it that depending on who does it and how it's done how it just transforms and it can mean so many different things and the way like like i said when uh, nina simone did it i just assumed that was her song but uh, i can see that when i look into it that okay i can see how that could mean something else i've heard that it was restructured um, musically in uh, I can't remember what year it was uh, I read a thing about the guy that wrote it and they said and it was because it was a folk song type thing and it was musically not that great mm. it was, but it wasn't as um, commercially accessible and they tinkered around with the melody a little bit and that made it a little bit better. And um, well, you crushed it. You made it gritty, a little bit more up tempo. Oh yeah, yeah. That was um, that was a, a GE's um, version of the song, and I had nothing to do with that version of the song. When he played it for me, it was already like this rock and roll kind of a blistering kind of and I kind of went, "What's that?" And then when he played it, and I was like those lyrics sound familiar, but I couldn't place the song. And then he said, no, it's an old, um, old folk song. And I thought, yeah, it sounds old. I'm like, I've heard it before. But then when he showed me the Nina Simone, I went, oh, I remember that song. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, I was listening to him. I think I sent you that podcast of Mark Marin, uh, WTF, that he was on last week. Um, oh, yeah, he yeah. He was talking about the folk scare in that interview. Oh. <laughs> that was cracking me up. He's like, you want to know 
know unless you live out this way what the folk scare was going yeah. through the town. Oh God. That's he's hilarious. He's a pretty funny guy. He's got that kind of dry humor, you know. That real but he's a very uh well read, uh intelligent person. He's got that old rock and roll guitarist smoking <laughs> rat poison type look to him with the distant stare and the yeah it out yeah. to the audience and yeah, yeah. He's got all those tricks. I actually saw a video with him with Billy Squire yesterday. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's yeah, a friend. Man, man. Yeah. They were going back, and the humor between the sets was better than the music. Uh huh. They were just giving each other crap. I couldn't believe Billy's hair, though. He had it all. You know, he's got to be 100 years old, and he hasn't lost a, a follic. No, no, he had a lot of hair. And uh, I just saw that, I think it's something close to the same one. And he lives out that way, I think. Uh, Emma Gansett out there in uh, uh, Long Island. Mm -hmm. somewhere out there. What do you think of that area compared to here? You know, it's really pretty out there. I, you know, I'd still rather live out here, but it's, uh, it's a cool area. It's a little bit different than here, though. You know, it's a, got a little bit of that vibe that, uh, that old school, but still stuck in its ways kind of old school vibe you know what i mean um real pretty though real nice but i don't know that i could live out there right you know it's, it's not, where you live is just awesome and you got the yeah I, I just like the pacific northwest you know I, i've just been out here for, for so long i guess if i was going to live anywhere else i would want to live somewhere just warmer yeah if i was going to live anywhere else that's all i could say but uh, I think I'd rather live here and then have a place somewhere warmer where I could, you know, go when the weather was getting to me. Wish I had a summer home in New Zealand or something. Yeah, New Zealand, Mexico, some parts of California, you know, just somewhere else. But but I think this would always be my home. Yeah. Um, how are you spending your days right now? Uh, just basically trying to... Um, uh, write songs, uh, stay in shape by getting out and getting uh, some exercise in, but all I can do is walk, basically. Right. I try to get a lot of walking in and uh, do a little jogging. And um, I think that just being outdoors in, in the trees and stuff like that and the, the air helps me think and helps me. Me too. Wards off uh, depression. It's easy to get depressed with the times like this, you know? You I mean, I think, you gotta look up and uh, see the trees, hear the birds. Yeah, because then you realize, hey, you know, it's it's everything's still here. We can we can get through this. You I know, play off my TV and put my phone down. You know, and look exactly. It's mm -hmm. good. Walking the dogs. The wife yeah, kid got me an electric bike, one of those rad power bikes. Oh, nice. Those are. So I've been thinking. Of, I've been thinking about those. I've been seeing those around lately. I've been thinking about investing in one of those. Yeah, it's changed my life. It's so much fun. Yeah. You know, I got some arthritic knees from the soccer and stuff, and mm -hmm. that gets me full rotation and helps me yeah. out in troubled situations. And That's the best situation for your knees, too, is to keep those working like that. And that way you get stuck. You can put on the electric and get, get a little help. It's got like five pedal assists and then full throttle, you know. Yeah. So I can have my degree of help. I can choose it, dial it up. Exactly, yeah. And did that, how much are those things now? They range. They have such a... Some of them are super expensive and some of them are actually okay. I got mine in Ballard at Rad Power Bike. Okay, yeah, I've heard of that. 1700. 
spells. Yeah, out. that's a good one. But you know, I I love it, but it keeps the miles off the car too. And it's sure, scooter, and I'm on an island, so yeah, to drive too much. That's that's perfect because uh, it keeps you out of the car and gives you uh, it's a health benefit. Yeah, I'm a little sad though. This, the studio is still closed too because it was a communal space. Mm -hmm. I still haven't opened it up there. Afraid. So that's still nothing going on there, huh? No, but they're still charging me rent. Oh! <laughs> they, they said they'll put it on the back end. They'll add me a couple months at the end, but they need the money now. And I'm just like, ah, I don't have it now, too. Yeah, but that's the shitty part because it should work the other way around. <laughs> right. But you know, those businesses like the gym, too. Yeah. The thing. If you don't support them, they won't be there for you when we come out mm -hmm. the other side. But, uh, Do they charge you a lot for the gym over there? Well, yes and no, but it's nice. It's got a pool, sauna, you know, tennis courts, basketball, all that good stuff. It's um, probably yeah. a little more expensive than mine because I go to the um, uh, LA Fitness out here, and, and uh, well, now it's free for me because now I'm a silver, silver sneakers. Oh, nice! You're sitting in the chair, doing you? <laughs> I don't, you know, I can do whatever I want there. It's just when you're over uh, uh, 55, 60, it's it's you free. Beautiful. And that's, that's a cool thing, because they kind of always look at me like, going, what? Wait, you're free? I go, yeah, that's right, baby. <laughs> you just got the silver in the last yeah. year, though, right? Yeah, but uh, now no gym. So, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I hear you. Um, what else did I want to talk about today? Uh, this America song that you wrote, um, can we cue this up and then talk about it afterwards? Sure. Yeah. Um, play your little video here. And okay. See if I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me if I've lost you. Yeah, you got it. I see it right here. Just the way 
song turn out that well and then doing the video was a lot of fun too yeah i just noticed that uh you guys were cruising in that little mg convertible yeah that's a that's an old uh, alfa romeo which is funny because i used to have one just like it that's uh taylor's from years ago that kind of sits in the garage oh she kept it yeah she kept it uh and then uh he had to go and we had to get a uh had this had to jump it and start it oh yeah yeah, but uh, but it ran fine, and it was just happened that the day that we shot that outside was, and this was usually cold. It was one of the freakiest warm days. It was like seventy degrees. Nice. It was usually fifty. It was freaky. Yeah. Black and white tone to it a lot. Um, yeah. I like the old footage that you threw in there. Mm -hmm. Who uh, put that all together for you guys? Um, we shot it, Taylor was kind of producing and shot it, in the, but the guy that uh, shot it was, um, uh, he's called the uh, Homeless Pimp. It's a guy out of, a young kid out of uh, New York, and he shoots a lot of rap videos and a lot of other stuff, mm -hmm. and um, real nice kid, and um, he had a drone, so he shot that thing, and uh, we had some we had some good times and he put it together well, it really complements the audio the visual yeah yeah i thought he did a really good job 
he's really happy with it. Happy with that video? Yeah, yeah, I am. We did it with a, a fairly low budget. We didn't spend a lot of money, but uh, we got the point across, I thought. And um, and I like the fact that it's done real old school and, and minimalistic with the, with the uh, black and white and the old footage. I like the way it came off. I got two questions about it. Okay. Whose dog was that? Pardon? Whose dog was that, and what's the dog's name? Oh, that's uh, G and uh, Taylor's dog, and that's that dog's called Casper. He could care less, huh? <laughs> yeah, he was just laying around. He would just sit there, no matter what we were doing, and just uh, hang out. They had two dogs, that one and Seaweed, another a little that's dog that seaweed. has this weird hair that looks like seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> and who's a better chess player? I, it wasn't me, I can tell you that. Miles is a good chess player. He tried to teach me one time, but I could barely do it. He's a pretty good chess player, but yes, I was. Uh, we just had it kind of set up as a prop, really. Yeah, that element was fake, huh? Yeah. Busting world news here on the Bystander Podcast. <laughs> Little Roy didn't play chess. <laughs> I know, I'm no good. I'm checkers now. No. <laughs> no, I haven't played checkers in years either. So, hey, you got something you want to play? I'm uh, sure. What do you want to do? Well, I was I was thinking and looking back, um, you've had a couple songs about change and change is coming. Yeah. And is that a purposeful morphing of that song or that word? Um, where are we where are we at with change? You, you know, it's funny because on this on that record, we also did a version of Change is Coming. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's a little different than uh, I don't know. It. Uh, it's basically my version when he added another piece to it. But um, oh, I'm trying to tune this thing. Um, do you want to hear change? Okay. Quarantine, you got no roadies, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had any roadies for a while. Cutting back on the on the money going out. God, it's not live. <laughs> Who has a bigger guitar collection? Pardon? Who has a bigger guitar collection? Oh, are you kidding me? You know, this guy has the biggest damn guitar collection probably in, probably in the world. He's got seven, over 700 guitars. 
he's been collecting guitars since he was a kid. Yeah. And you know, like he'll be wherever he traveled. He said, "I said, how'd you end up with so many?" I mean, he's got in the basement. There's cases of guitars, and they're all old. And, and like he'll find a guitar in some weird show. You know, it's like when you're on the road, you go to some little podunk town, and you find a oh, that's a cool old guitar. You know, for whatever, and it might need a some work done but he buys it and ships it home or takes it home and then has somebody work on it and bring it back to life and mm -hmm. some of them are real collectibles too mm -hmm. i've got about eight guitars <laughs> you ukulele too right yeah in fact the guitar that i'm playing in that video is one of his in in america I see the ice melting in 
change we need right now man we got to re-envision this thing you know this this is a is a massively it's a great country but there's just a lot of change that needs to go on to make this place livable for everybody and i think that once we've done that once we've i mean i know there's a lot of people that are they want to keep things the way it is they want to deny things that are going on because they sit comfortably and and you know it's it's a natural thing that that humans don't want to change things when they feel okay the way things are and um, it's hard to make change but when you make change and when you get through it it's always for the better and you see it and you feel it and I mean that's the way life is you always make change you've got to keep evolving you've got to keep changing to make things better Otherwise, it just gets stagnant and it implodes. And um, as a country, right now, we've just been the last few years going backwards. You know, I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. The idea that America isn't leading the world is so ridiculous right now. I, I was watching uh, something on TV saying that European countries are opening up travel, except for to the United States. They won't let us go to their countries. I mean, whoever heard of shit like that? Letting them cross borders in states. Yeah, they're just like going, no, no, we can't have that. Before, we used to be leaders of, of different things, you know what I mean? And we're just going backwards. It's just, it's just wrong yeah. on so many different levels. And that's not just, it's not just racially, it's democracy, it's, it's everywhere, you know? And I think it's just, we've let things get to um, number one, I think everything is connected with the environment, with everything. That's my way of looking at it. Um, with people, everything, there's too much money that's buying everything. 
and people don't care and it's from the top down and it's infiltrated everything in our government and everything else people that want to control everything with the money with the power are throwing out bits and pieces like this going here you guys fight amongst that way and when they want to keep control they go hey see what they're doing over there this is this that it's people got to open their eyes you know very elitist society that it, it very much is and it's a one you know that one percent or two percent that control everything that's not right no there's no it's idea. not right and you can't it can't be right you know in any other country where that happens you have a, a, a revolution eventually it just it just implodes you can't do that you can only maintain that for so long so i think instead of a revolution like actually people out shooting people we can do this i like how you bring it all full circle back to chop it's gotta it's gotta it's gotta be that way you know people and there's enough bright people and enough caring people in this country to make it happen we just gotta um you know those protests and all this stuff people write like oh that's all, it's all looting this isn't about looting this is about protesting and protesting works gets attention for sure it gets attention and eventually things change a little bit you have to do it and you have to stick with it long enough to get that change otherwise it's just broken up and nothing happens well said well said do you ever fear um for miles future you know what the world's going to look like yeah i do i do too and um i'm fearing less for it now but you know I thought that, uh, you know, even 10 years ago, I thought, where's all the, the, the protesting and, and especially in the last three, four years, where's when I saw this radical change of like, you know, without getting on one administration or whatever, but just this radical move towards anything you don't like. I hate that, you know, I hate this and this, this kind of growing hate and resentment and all this stuff coming to the surface. Um, basically, this administration has been feeding that and just making it happen. And it's all a diversion tactics, you know, take away while they just take the money and the power. You know? One of, one of our family rules is no hate in this house. You can't yeah. work. You can't do that. It's, it's no good. It only eats at you. You can't, uh, that's what I learned, you know, you can't, even at my worst, I don't hate people. I just don't want that to, I want, I want us to all get along and, you know, but I'm not going to stand there and just let people, you can't do that either. No. You know, you've got to, uh, you've got to move forward. And as a species, in fact, we have to move forward. Mm -hmm. Otherwise we will be, we will become extinct. Yeah, and the planet might be better off without us. <laughs> oh, well, it would be better off without us, definitely. I mean, if you don't respect the, your house, which is the world that we live in, then you don't deserve to have it, you know? Yeah. Anyway. All right, sir. I'll, I'll get off my, my soap opera. Soap, soapbox. I mean, yeah, soapbox. That's right. It's not soap opera. <laughs> You could probably be on one if they still make those. Oh, gosh, no, I can't. <laughs> uh, everything else going well, though? Everything else is going really well. You know, like I said, I, I have, even though it's a downtime, I really have more hope now than I had a few years ago. Because I know that 
sometimes confrontation just brings what it needs to bring people to rethink and it's making people, yeah it, it it makes people think sometimes you have to have that and uh, i think in the long run it's going to be a step forward every problem presents a solution of some sort exactly exactly That's where the great minds start to rise up Mm -hmm. And I think the combination of, I don't even think that these protests would have happened as much and been as successful as they have been if it weren't the combination of the perfect storm with the virus, with everything else happening at once. Right. Like, and people, nobody would have watched Tiger King if the quarantine didn't come around. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody would have went, what the hell is that? No. But when you're stuck at home and you have to witness this, you have to like all of a sudden you're you're forced mm -hmm. to think. And, yeah, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, how can people get uh, the new America album? Well, you know, right now it's streaming on all the cool platforms. Uh, <laughs> Spotify. Um, Spotify is probably one of the main ones. Apple Music. Please go there and and have everybody share this stuff. That's, that's the main way to get the word out. Sharing on Spotify, listening on Spotify, sharing through all the platforms. I, I learned a new word, platforms. Um, before this, uh, platforms were my shoes that I had like in the 70s. <laughs> Did you have the goldfish in the... Yeah, I never got to the goldfish ones, but I had some big old white platforms I used to have in, in this uh, disco band I used to play in way back when. Um, but uh, yeah, you've, uh, share it online, um, go to Spotify, Apple Music, and, uh, and tune in to uh, my Friday night shows and um, Friday, spread seven, the five. love. Spread the love, man. You know, you really do. And that's part of it. You know I do. Um, well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate, appreciate Miles' time. Uh, sorry we had a little hit and miss today and yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was fine. I, I'm glad we did it, though. It was fun uh, talking to your son and, and having Miles on as well and, um, and just getting, uh, just kind of hanging. It was fun. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it again. Okay. Take care. Yeah. Take care. Peace and love. Peace and love.